My name is Shub. I'm a Shulik Leader Scholar studying Biomedical Sciences and a member at STEM Fellowship. And you're listening to STEM Fellows, a monthly podcast where I have conversations with prominent STEM leaders to spark big ideas. Uh, hello, friends. Welcome to the very first episode of STEM Fellows. Uh, this month, I'm ecstatic to have a special guest on the show, uh, Dr. Sasha Nukovic. Uh, he's the founder and president of STEM Fellowship and the editor-in-chief of the STEM Fellowship Journal. Uh, Dr. Nukovic, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Um, it is a pleasure well, uh, uh, to be uh, interviewed for this uh, very interesting initiative. So uh, I, I'm honored uh, to have this opportunity. Yeah, no, th- thanks once again for, I guess, saying okay to being on the podcast. But Dr. Nukovic, would you mind just giving a quick introduction of maybe how you would describe yourself? Uh, I know that you wear many hats. Um, well, um, I can, uh, if I will go into uh, my biography, it will probably take too much time. Uh, um, I'm an educator uh, with engineering background and a PhD in uh, management science. Um, and um, I'm passionate about uh, your generation. Uh, I simply, in, well, uh, I think that um, you are... Um, much different and you are uh, the generation which will make a whole difference in this world, not because uh, this was uh, probably the promise uh, by uh, nearly um, um, promise made to every generation, uh, if you will go and study history. Uh, but uh, actually, uh, because uh, you are dealing with information differently than anybody uh, before you. That's, yeah, that's phenomenal. And uh, just aside from SF, Dr. Nukovic, what what are some of the things that you do? You said you're an educator. Uh, Uh, Well, uh, after um, being um, a new, well, I spent more than 10 years in nuclear power, um, studying as the um, field engineer, then uh, leading projects. Then um, I was the, researcher, consultant. Um, I I reached uh, to the point when I was um, in the government think tank uh, working on the future of the science development for uh, the country which doesn't exist, uh, Soviet Union. Um, uh, And uh, throughout whole career, um, I was uh, lecturing, I was um, I I taught at a number of universities. And then um, when I came to Canada and was actually a scholar uh, with the Osgood Law School, um, I had the um, opportunity of consulting at Toronto School Board, um, which was my first encounter with young people. Um, And it was a game changer. So uh, first time I realized that uh, whatever I'm talking is not only um, the source of money uh, or uh, actually um, the way of uh, kind of uh, making very important faces, uh, but actually people um, really exchange information and students really interested in what you're talking about. (laughs) So so, uh, that was um, a moment when I, um, I decided that uh, maybe I should start working with young people. Um, and I, I started as a consultant 
and then um, and then I added a Bachelor of Education on top of my PhD, uh, simply, uh, <laughs> uh, which was actually funny. Um, uh, and. Uh, very um, kind of uh, enjoyable experience uh, to, to become a student uh, not for long. Uh, um, they gave me my bachelor in, uh, so in one summer I spent two months, in another I spent one month, and in three months they gave me my bachelor of education. So I didn't even have a chance to enjoy being a student. Um, and, and so that was in Canada, Dr. Nikovic? Yes. Um, well, uh, honestly, if somebody would tell me that they would, uh, would be teaching, um, uh, I, uh, it, uh, it, it wasn't in any plans. Uh, in, it wasn't in any of my li uh, happened, life, yeah. li life uh, career. Um, but then I decided, why not? Uh, why not uh, do something what is really interesting instead of, um, well, uh, and, and you know, um, uh, well, um, my, uh, my wife told me uh, one day that um, I'm really, uh, she, she said that she envy what, uh, what I'm doing. <laughs> what you do? Uh, she, uh, she, uh, she worked, at the time she worked uh, for Toronto Stock Exchange um, as okay. uh, uh, in software uh, development part. And she said, I'm working with money with no social impact. And you, uh, um, so... driving um, change, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so, I, I appreciate you sharing that story because I, I think it's very important to, I don't know, people even listening to the scholarship and even me, that you don't have to have your life like set out in stone. Uh, things just come, might come up and uh, you can still do some amazing things. Like, look at you, like you're ex extremely accomplished. And... Uh, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, sometimes you need to make decisions uh, based on what you feel, uh, and and that um, uh, let's say uh, satisfaction from um, from your work is extremely important. I can tell you that. Uh, yeah, uh, this year I got uh, Prime Minister award um, in uh, in no, teaching no. excellence in STEM. Yes, I met with Prime Minister, although virtually. Um, oh, you got to meet not, with JT. Yes, um, and he, uh, in, uh, in, and instead of explaining to him uh, how big and how important we should be doing, uh, let's say, developing our education, we actually had a chance. Uh, he said that um, he. Um, he was trained for middle school and then he was placed um, in high school and uh, he was young and it, it was quite a challenge to be uh, to gain respect among high school students who were uh, practically uh, well not exactly his age but uh, he, we were sharing um, not the formal conversation about education but uh, actually what is more important the human side uh, of um, of learning, Everybody, yeah. I can tell you that um, being an educator is very rewarding. I have close, I believe, more than nine hundred connections on LinkedIn of my former students. Wow! Um, some of them graduated uh, twenty years ago. Uh, one of them is uh, um, some kind of big vice president of Nike. 
<laughs> what? Uh, yes, uh, um, another one. Well, uh, of course, uh, I, I'm pretending to teach computers. Uh, why I'm saying that I'm pretending? Uh, because I'm using this opportunity actually to teach thinking, to teach logic, to teach um, actually um, your life position in uh, uh, and decision making um, on. Uh, and one of the um, one of the things why I, I, I have so much interest in in students and. Uh, because I'm dealing with um, not all students. I'm dealing uh, probably with minority. Minority, which is a future driving force of this world, of this digital economy. And you have to understand that your voice, not the voice of, uh, with all due respect to journalists, not the voice of activists, you are the production force. And everything else is overhead. You are the ones who are producing the, let's say, the wealth um, and uh, providing well-being of everybody else and that is very important now um, the world has changed and uh, all these stories about um, 19th century uh, labor movement well it, it is different now it is actually intellectuals uh, who are feeding um, uh, providing health, who are uh, servicing, who are uh, actually the, uh, well, um, you are the ones who has to be uh, respected. And, um, um, well, I can tell you that uh, that was one of, not exactly the idea for STEM fellowship, but it is one of the underlying uh, uh, thoughts. Um, so I think that um, STEM fellowship, not as organization, because it doesn't have political agenda, but uh, every member um, should have very strong voice in the society because you are the contributors, you are the producers. And yeah, that no. is what... Yeah, no, Dr. Nukovic, have you ever considered becoming a motivational speaker? Because... Uh... <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, I know my students, um, uh, well, I do deliver the curriculum, uh, but they do enjoy um, uh, the freestyle when we have discussions on, uh -huh. not only on political, on historical, on, um, on today we were discussing um, geometry. Um, actually, I was trying to explain one of the principles uh, um, uh, principles of the C++ uh, and to give a right example I said uh, I asked um, and this is a great 11 so I don't know uh, I'm actually not exactly familiar with Canadian curriculum so I asked them uh, do are they sure that uh, parallel lines don't cross each other uh, mm -hmm. And um, I said, have you studied these, uh, let's say, axioms um, and theorems, uh, which is geometry? Uh, they said, well, kind of, uh, there was no um, solid response. So I asked, do you know if uh, parallel lines cross each other? They said, mm -hmm. no, never. I said, guys, 
it's question of uh, perspective. If you look, um, let's say, uh, if you um, um, do one geometry, which is uh, of the scope of, let's say, one field or even Earth, yes, they never cross each other. But there is another geometry of the space where this axiom doesn't exist. It is actually um, something which, which becomes theorem, which is actually can be calculated and proven based on the other ones. Simply, it will be the case for smaller spaces. And there is a geometry uh, for um, open space where parallels actually cross. And if you look at the magnetic oh, fields, um, well, if you, it, it, it's not me. It was, in, um, I believe, 19th century uh, geometry of Lobachevsky. Um, so, if you are curious, look, it is quite fascinating. Uh, all the, um, let's say, um, calculations of the rays and uh, uh, well, nobody flies too far, but at least um, uh, when, when uh, physics study space, they use the geometry of Lobachevsky where parallel lines cross each other. So uh, it is... Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely interested in all of that. Uh... I'll definitely search it up after. And for those who may be listening right now, if you're curious about what Dr. Nikolic uh, was saying. It, it, it is called uh, hyperbolic geometry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with hyperbolic. So, yeah, no, so I'll, I'll include this in the show notes for uh, those who are listening <laughs> right now. So, yeah. So, though, um, uh, it, um, uh, uh, you see, uh, uh, not the education, but actually thinking and learning how mm -hmm. to uh, um, think independently. That is what, um, that's the key. Uh, and, so that um, was your vision uh, for when you started SF. Because uh, that's what I wanted to ask you. Like I've been a member at STEM Fellowship about a year now. I started off with the design and YouTube team. I helped them out with some videos that they were making. And I'm currently doing some work for the science communications team and I'm running this podcast. And yeah, I've always wondered like what the story behind what like the creation of SF was. Um, uh, the creation of SF came as a result of uh, my understanding that um, there is a geographic society. Mm -hmm. People who uh, share their interest, expertise in geography um, and have their scholarly journal. Uh, and um, this is the academic society of um, geographers. There is a physics society. There is a medical uh, different medical society. Mm -hmm. But there is no society of digital learners. You are different kind of um, learners. You are people who look and digest uh, new knowledge differently than anybody uh, before you. It doesn't mean that it applies to all your generation, but uh, there is definitely a cohort which actually um, assembles the knowledge, which taps into the knowledge, which uh, actually uh, yes, benefits from traditional education, but uh, manages to extract the knowledge in a different way previously, which doesn't exist. 
So I thought that there is need for scholarly community of people who work with knowledge differently. And uh, this scholarly community needs a journal, academic journal for this. And we have STEM Fellowship Journal published by uh, National Research Council Press. I went to National Council Press and said, they deserve a journal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you um, just marched in. You're like, <laughs> they deserve a journal. Uh, well, um, uh, I said. I, I'm once. sure you had contacts with uh, all of Of course, of course I did. Um, and uh, like I said, I had to say it twice or three times, and then then they really uh, finally uh, realized yeah. that there is need for a journal, and uh, there is need for society. There is a need for um, organization which will bring. Uh, these new type of thinkers together. And there is a need to equip them with what? With the data science. Data science as a way of making sense out of uh, unorganized information. So that's, that's why the two main um, pillars of STEM fellowship is science communication. And um, data science as a way, um, or as a way to um, make sense out of enormous uh, amount of information. Yeah, and and we really appreciate you like speaking on our behalf and empowering us to, I guess, become the best versions of ourselves. Uh, and I, I'm when I say this, I'm speaking for everyone who's a part of SF and uh, wants to become uh, science innovators. Uh, so yeah, thank you for that, Dr. Mikovic. And uh, I know that SF is already doing some phenomenal work, like uh, the uh, just all the experiential learning components that STEM has, uh, the science communications team, uh, all of the challenges that they're running, uh, the data science team. I know that the undergraduate big data challenge is uh, running right now. Uh, the STEM empowerment team even, uh, giving the mentorship to the younger ages. And I guess my, my qu question I had for you was, wh what do you think what, like, what is your vision for SF? I know you talked about that a little bit, but I'm just curious, like, where do you see SF headed in the next few years? Well, uh, it is still um, very small. Uh, it is still very small, um, and they hope it will become um, useful for, um, for those who want. And it is not only science. It's not about science. Science, um, you see, uh, looking at the um, pandemic situation now, what it is to make your uh, right decision in the current, uh, there is a term now, info, well, and that's what we're focusing uh, with um, our undergraduate big data challenge, infodemics. Okay. So um, practically enormous amount of information uh, around health, um, around um, diseases, uh, and how to make sense, how to make sense out of health information for yourself, for your relatives, uh, for your friends, for a community, for the country. So it is not so much about science. It is about a um, way of thinking and decision making uh, in arts. Um, uh, if you are interested in arts, 
And nowadays, um, you to be successful, you need to make a decision based on the amount of information which is unprecedented comparatively to uh, only 20, 25 years ago. Fourth century, you, uh, you see, uh, as a young people, you don't have this perspective into the past. For you, it is all kind of um, condensed um, and, uh, well, uh, presented in the form of history. But if you would think it, yeah. that um, um, for um, uh, it, it was taking centuries for uh, simply mechanical devices to develop, and now everything is changing, um, and challenging, first of all, decision-making ability of, um, of us. So that's why I think that STEM Fellowship should be an organization for people who want uh, to have, um, uh, to be at vanguard of their own group, society, um, is even for themselves. Uh, to be, uh, I can't um, use this term common sense because um, it was used and uh, compromised, and but new type of Acquiring common sense. Based learning, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and it is not only about learning. At the end, it is community of people who can rely on opinion of each other. And that's, uh, that's what, um, what hopefully uh, STEM fellowship will become. A, uh, a network of people you can um, rely upon. That, yeah, no, uh, I don't think you could have, I guess, said it any better. Uh, that's incredible. And I'm, yeah, ex excited to see where STEM fellowship is headed in the next few years. So I, I, Dr. Nukovic, you talked about the conversation of it's not just STEAM, but we also have to look at, I guess, the humanities and arts aspect as well. And uh, this STEM fellowship is called STEM fellowship, like science, technology, engineering, mathematics, but there's also a huge conversation about including the A uh, in STEM, so STEAM, and I, I wanted your thoughts on that. So, like just personally, uh, I've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with the arts uh, throughout high school, uh, I'm actually pursuing a science degree right now even, but I, I realized that you can't have science without the arts, uh, looking at problems and I guess different ways, uh, creative and innovative ways. So what, what do you think about that? Uh, I think that this is, uh, um, I don't know who invented uh, this conflict between uh, STEM and STEAM. Um, yeah. uh, it's pointless. You can't really advance um, as, uh, let's say, as a programmer and be, um, let's say, high-level programmer if you're not an artist, if you're not an architect. Right. And coding doesn't help you. You need to have a vision. You need to, to, to be a designer. Uh, uh, yes, you can do some kind of routine stuff, but um, it, it, it is not going to be. So uh, if you look at everything uh, at uh, our big data challenge, we love um, and give, um, uh, we are the organization which does big data challenge for high school students. We are the organization 
the only organization which invites university students, regardless of their school, to join and kind of um, together uh, tackle a big problem uh, and, um, and then compete against each other without affiliation to uh, one or another, um, let's uh, academic uh, um, academic institute. Um, but if you look at the topics, if you look at the um, uh, at the calls for the competition, it's never really uh, kind of um, deep math or even finances. We were just um, helping uh, University of Toronto. They had the AI and big data challenge, which was uh, purely AI uh, to figure out um, uh, patterns of um, uh, fraud in that. Uh, we are giving students a question uh, about infodemics. It is a health it is social issue, it is um, community issue, it is misinformation. So it is not, um, let's say, it is not science, uh, it is not math. Um, it is not just arts, you need... Uh, it, it is you need actually, uh, we are asking to apply uh, rigid knowledge to social issues. So that is, uh, that is um, kind of the direction STEM fellowship is going. So uh, that's what uh, I hope, um, and whole, whole idea of providing data science as a way of thinking. It doesn't mean this thinking should be about science. It should be about what is the interest of students. Uh, it can be film, uh, it can be business, it can be healthcare, uh, it can be um, non-profit or charity, but within the new world and uh, digital reality, you need to have a language and let's say some level of um, some advantage. Maybe you can also say that art is like the medium that you can carry out uh, all the things that you need for STEM, uh, in a sense, I guess. But uh, for the big data challenges that you're talking about, I just, for the people who might be listening, uh, SF is doing some phenomenal work with that. Uh, this year, what, what is the topic, uh, Dr. Nukovic? Is it public health? Uh, no, it is um, infodemiology. So, uh, and what is infodemiology? Uh, it is simply um, tsunami of information, not just a tsunami of health information, although we are kind of, we are based on our partners, we are expecting that the participants will be looking into uh, COVID information, into vaccine information, uh, into misinformation about all this. But actually, infodemiology uh, is now um, uh, going beyond uh, health information. It is uh, misinformation uh, in political field. It is misinformation in the cultural field. Uh, mm -hmm. It is uh, misinformation in history. So um, we are asking students to find the patterns 
and use computational thinking. So use mm -hmm. what um, the power uh, they have to um, find, let's say, uh, to find a way to deal with this um, avalanche of, uh, of data. That, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And uh, yeah, I actually competed in the uh, undergraduate big data challenge last year. So uh, wow. we were looking at the different ways that countries handled the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, I guess, yeah, just found out what the ideal way would have been to uh, go about handling it. So that was a very rewarding experience. And uh, anyone listening, if you have the opportunity to take part in the uh, Big Tata Challenge, I highly encourage that you do. Uh, it was an amazing experience. And it's not just for uh, undergraduate level. Uh, they also have it at the high school level as well. So uh, look into that as well. But yeah, maybe we can uh, steer a bit. I, I actually want to get into some of the, uh, I guess, underlying issues uh, that come up in STEM uh, as a whole. So uh, I guess there are problems that come up with every initiative and subject. Uh, for instance, uh, there's lack of diversity and uh, uh, underrepresentation in STEM right now. And I know you touched on this a bit earlier today, uh, Dr. Nukovic. Uh, for example, not every member of society right now has the uh, same opportunities. And I really think it's critical to uh, address some of this because uh, we won't be able to fully harness the potential of uh, the big, the thinking that you're talking about, and uh, I guess just STEM innovation as a whole. So, I guess if we have diversity in STEM, then I think we can have more perspectives in addressing some of the issues that we're facing. And oh, I wanted your thoughts on maybe some of the ways we can uh, make STEM more uh, encompassing and uh, inviting to all. I think that, um, uh, um, first of all, if you would look at um, the composition, if you would look at um, our steering committee, if you'd look at our board, um, at, at students um, who are active in STEM, you will find that it is practically 99% um, either immigrant or uh, from uh, uh, of uh, let's say uh, second generation immigrants so it it is all and that's the beauty so no other country uh, would be able to have this uh, uh, this talent uh, at hand so stem uh, was uh, um, couldn't uh, appear let's say in any homogeneous country uh, probably not even in states uh, but Canada allowed us uh, to create um, an organization where uh, becoming a STEM member was um, not a question of your original. It was a question of your mentality. So right. if you were interested, and that's what I believe um, uh, should be the critical um, path to overcome, um, let's say, inequities uh, and uh, maybe some uh, um, some disproportional um, representation. I believe it should be not um, an accountant's approach. It should be motivational approach. When um, students 
uh, invited and they have an opportunity to develop their own ideas. And the ideas come first and the um, colors doesn't matter. And that's, that's what creates real uh, diversity. Diversity. Um, that's that's the uh, because diversity comes uh, there is um, kind of routine discussion about uh, goals um, underrepresented in STEM subjects. If you look at STEM fellowship, we don't see this in uh, among um, our groups. If you look at Big Data Challenge, you wouldn't see it, neither at high school, uh, no um, at university level. Why? Because we are not making this event for girls, for boys. boys. Uh, or Very welcoming, yeah. Uh, it, because we are making, we are thinking about our events from the um, motivational perspective not from the statistical or appearance. And mm -hmm. that is the critical element. If you want real diversity, you start not at, uh, not at the end when you start counting who is in the room. But right. actually, you start with a topic which brings you people of um, all the types. And that is what we're doing. We're giving uh, girls uh, natural data scientists give them an opportunity to solve the problem of infodemics and they will be leading uh, the groups of boys who will be doing computing and they will be doing thinking so and i think that is very important uh, like for example i myself i'm a minority uh, i was born in india and then we moved to canada when i was about two years old and yeah i've never felt excluded uh, just with all the work that i'm doing with sf uh, it's very welcoming and they're actually encouraging uh, underrepresented groups to get more involved in stem so that's what i one of the things that i love about sf and i think that should they should continue doing that uh, what else was I saying? And uh, just talking about how diversity is so important in science. Uh, if you just take the COVID-19 pandemic, for example, uh, I know that we wouldn't have been able to uh, even come close to a new normal if it wasn't for all of the countries around the world uh, getting together. I know that early on, China, they shared some data that normally wouldn't have, I guess, occurred uh, just with how competitive science might be. And I, I think it's important to have that diversity, have those dif different perspectives because uh, different cultures might approach problems in a different way. Uh, and I think that's what's going to really allow, allow innovation. Um, one of the, uh, you ask about the future of STEM fellowship. Um, I mm -hmm. don't think, uh, think that we will, maybe if we'll be lucky and we'll find a good partner, um, mm -hmm. I can only dream about STEM fellowship developing into a new type of educational institute based on open science. Because um, everything what we do, our journal is open access. Um, we are um, using all, all the challenges. competitions. All our yeah. competitions are based on open data. We are trying to, we are thinking open science. We are breathing open science. And mm, 
that's when I was uh, talking about your generation uh, pulling the information, pulling knowledge out of the air. It is open science. This is the, uh, it, we don't have, uh, let's say, methodics because you, you are doing it intuitively. Uh, there is no, let's say, professor to show you how to it's do it. not like it a step by step, yeah. Yeah, how to do it more efficiently. But um, I hope STEM Fellowship can be an organization to develop these best practices and um, maybe uh, be um, some form of learning environment where students teach students uh, how to um, be native to open science. And th that is... Um, that is uh, I'm a big believer in open science, and I think that the future is only with open science. Um, and I would give, I can give you another name. Um, <laughs> uh, it is Norbert Weiner, who actually uh, the founder of um, cybernetics. Nobody remembers that computers are actually cybernetic devices, but he was mathematic um, at the beginning of 20th century. Uh, he wrote a book, um, Cybernetics of Society, where he proved that any secrets, they kind of bite back, they hit back those who uh, keep the secrets. Again, from the cybernetics point of view. So I am a big believer that knowledge should be shared. And I, I was just uh, just touching on all that you're saying, uh, Dr. Nukovic. Uh, one of the reasons, I guess, why I started this podcast was to uh, inform and share the array of resources and opportunities that are, uh, I guess, available to students. And I guess just about anyone, uh, make it easier for them to access and become successful. Uh, and I was wondering, uh, do you have any resources on the top of your head that I guess you share uh, with everyone or anyone listening to the podcast uh, whether it's uh, like the different opportunities in stem or just anything that they uh, might want to get involved with well uh yeah, yeah you you were uh, promoting uh, um our big data challenge uh, which happens every year and this yeah. is the way for students practically to take a big really real problem and try to solve it their own way without curation and uh, without, uh, although with the help of experts. Mm -hmm. I'm also inviting students to our STEM Fellowship Journal because it is designed to give uh, students their first opportunity of scholarly publication, which means getting noticed by academic community uh, if it is within their interest. But um, other than that, well, uh, it, is, um, uh, it is simply being part of the STEM fellowship um, as, 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 as network, uh, because the most interesting, it is uh, you guys. You are um, presenting the most of the knowledge you are having um, in interaction with each other. You are creating uh, most uh, interesting things, uh, which will be the future, not only of, um, let's say, the science you're working on, but 
um, it will be the future of economy, it will be the future of, of the world. And that's, that's why um, I think that um, this, uh, this is what I would like to invite you. I can give you, um, every time I have some kind of book which I read, you see, this one was written, I believe, in 1930-something. Um, Maybe somebody uh, has problems sleeping, uh, although at your <laughs> age it is rarely, um, and would like to have um, going through this book and then finding, oh, somebody already had these ideas which I, um, which were, which uh, didn't, which were the reason this person couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a few things I wanted to touch on, but I just want to say thank you for sharing that, first of all. Uh, I guess I'll ask the book recommendations. Do you have any re book recommendations for, I guess, me and anyone who's listening? Um, well, Cybernetics of Society. Uh, let me see. Uh, Norbert Weiner. Um, um, uh, actually, um, uh, uh, he, he's called Father of Cybernetics. Uh, he, this guy, um, he, finished, um, he finished high school at the age of 11. Well, it was a different high school back then. Um, but um, yeah, uh, he, he, he was, uh, he was a, um, definitely a great professor. Uh, so, oh, and then you joined academia after uh, high yeah. school. Uh, uh, let me simply share with you the link to uh, to his Wikipedia, uh, okay. because um, the reason, uh, well, any book uh, would be um, uh, interesting from him. Uh, but uh, uh, when he was talking and applying the principles of automation to the society, that was. Something which um, I remember puzzled me so much. Uh, uh, and you see, I'm first generation immigrant. Uh, so I came here with practice. First of all, I came late. Uh, um, I was uh, um, 40 uh, years old. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, not being able to speak English, uh, so, so uh, uh, but uh, when uh, growing up in Soviet Union and finding that keeping secrets is actually absolutely wrong thing to do, <laughs> it was fun. It I loved it. I loved this scientist uh, very much. Um, so, is he uh, one of your? Uh, one no, of the people no, no, you look no. up to. He, he was American. He was wrong simply by oh. the fact that he was born in America. And he was he was wrong person, but uh, he was saying interesting things. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's like conflicting worldviews, but uh, yes, yes. You liked um, what some uh, of like his work uh, instead yeah, of his uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. He was mathematician, so he he when he probably and that's that's the reality. When you think um, when you think science or think um, critically, mm -hmm. all these um, let's say bias which can be imposed on you, um, it simply fall, uh, it kind of peels off. 
Uh, and and how stuff. do you encourage students to get into that mindset, Dr. Nukovich, like that uh, critical thinking mindset? Because usually students, they just want their like answers passed down uh, from teachers, et cetera. They're no, not going to learn. Then, so, uh, like, how do you recommend that students get into that aspect? You see, that is, um, um, that's why I believe STEM fellowship is so valuable because I believe it is a group of people who um, value their own um, opinion. Mm -hmm. And uh, you see, uh, fine dancer, it is such a, uh, who cares about dancers? It, 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 it is not really um, finding who is, let's say, finding uh, that teacher is wrong, finding that somebody is, uh, for, uh, practically, I invite everybody to be critical of everything they presenting. You hear political story listen and try to imagine that this story is told by the opposite part. Mm -hmm. Looking you at those hear, different perspectives. Yeah, you hear the cultural story. Uh, try to imagine that this story, um, one of the biggest advantages of um, STEM fellowship, uh, it is practically, I said, it's practically 100% immigrant. Um, you probably have uh, at least one extra language in uh, which you can read. And it means that you have another source of information and another angle on uh, everything. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I'm told. It doesn't mean a question of politics. It means even about um, if you study. You said that you are interested in media study. Media studies uh, from American perspective, or media studies uh, from Indian perspective. Who is right? There is no right. But if you have two angles, you have an advantage. You can come up with your own opinion. and uh, you, you have your own sense. opinion. Yes. This is critical thinking. When you have a um, competitive alternative. So think about competitive alternatives in your life. Always try to find them. And that is um, what uh, will keep you afloat, which will keep you happy, which will keep you uh, kind of um, giggling. Um, when, uh, when everybody will be serious, um, you will be quietly giggling. Yeah. And uh, talking about giggling, I think it's really important to, I guess, enjoy the things that you're doing as well, rather than, right? Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to bring that up as well. Yeah, but. Uh, and th that's when you see um, multiple, the world has um, many dimensions. When you see more than one, uh, you are free. You are free from uh, being a kind of cornered and, um, and forced into something which you can later uh, could be, uh, could regret or, uh, uh, it, it is a, it is real freedom. So that is uh, what uh, needs to be done. Um, and uh, you are well equipped. Um, extra language is um, it's something um, uh, extra knowledge. Uh, 
different positions. Don't reject one, what you, um, don't put them uh, kind of against each other. Try to see, um, simply uh, try to be, uh, uh, to see it from different angles. And then, yeah. yeah, and then you will see the reality in between. No, I completely agree. Yeah. And uh, a final question I had for you. Uh, I know that you're an incredibly accomplished person. And uh, for me and other aspiring STEM innovators, uh, I was interested to hear if you had any words of wisdom for us, maybe uh, some knowledge that you can impart uh, to end the show. Well, um, it, it is very difficult. Uh, don't listen, first of all, to these old people. They don't know anything. Um, uh, we grew up in reality, which was nothing to do with what is happening now. Uh, so um, you have more knowledge of um, what uh, new ways and new um, careers and new developments. Um, so. Uh, the only criteria which you have to kind of to have for yourself, it's ambition. So um, you have to be driven by ambition. Uh, don't get satisfied um, with what you have. Um, if you have enough ambition, um, you will. And yes, one other thing, um, too much ambition um, uh, uh, will make your life miserable. So try to give yourself a few breaks, but not too much. Um, yeah, once you will get, let's say, into your 40s, uh, you, would, uh, you would be able to um, give some slack. Um, and, uh, but while you are a student, uh, you're, uh, you have to go with a banner ambition and um, <laughs> And practically, uh, and all the technicalities, um, uh, you know better than anybody else. No, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. And I really appreciate everything that you've said today. Uh, yeah, Dr. Nukovic, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, if you didn't have anything else, then again, I think we can end it. And uh, thank, yeah, thanks again. Uh, thank you and have a, um, a great evening. That's all for this month. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you have questions or thoughts about this episode or just want to connect, I'd love to get an email from you at the email address that's listed in the show notes. Uh, thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.